Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another rousing rendition of what we like to call the Bridgerton Podcast. And uh, today is another uh, episode of Cocktail Combos, uh, but just a little bit about who we got on today. Uh, I'd like to introduce you to Mr. Elijah K. Lewis, um, a first-time author and a motivational speaker. Uh, I have met him via the illustrious Mother Tuskegee University. I uh, met him recently at a uh, alumni conference. Um, so we're gonna we we gonna get into some casual conversation with him. So we'll welcome him to the show and cheers to a wonderful conversation being had, gems being dropped, and knowledge being spread. Absolutely. Cheers. So we're gonna get into the book um and the motivational speaking. But yep. your uh your jewels are in your journey. We're gonna talk about it. Um but what I also want to highlight is because this is what I, I love about a lot of the, everybody that we always have on here is um, people that are vastly multifaceted. Um, with that being said, you are an engineer um, by trade, correct? That is correct. Okay, so we'll let, let, let's 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 dig into that because from what most people's understanding of an engineer, it's 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 high it's high level thinking. Um, at a at a consistent pace, especially when you're in, you know, in the industry, in the business, in the trade, and you know, and you're a mechanical engineer, you also have a degree in cybersecurity. And so, you know, a lot of people would see that, be intimidated, especially at the fact that okay, he's doing that, and he also has the time and the discipline to add on two other things onto that, which also require high levels of thinking at a consistent pace, being an author and being a motivational speaker. Um, but the first question that I want to ask to help you unravel all of that is uh, being an HBCU double grad, Tuskegee uh, University and Morgan State, how did the culture and the matriculation from those two historically Black institutions prepare you um, or um, guide you or inspire you to, you know, get to this 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 point that you're at now. Well, uh, first and foremost, Mr. Woodson, thanks for having me on the on the podcast. It's an honor to be here. And uh, yeah, to, to answer your first point, um, I think what what both Tuskegee and Morgan did for me is that, I mean, one, they helped me get connected with a lot of great people. Um, I don't uh, attribute to my, my success by myself. It's a, it's always a team effort. So. That was the first and most important thing. But also in regards to my career with NAVC, with the Navy, um, Tuskegee was a big part of that because uh, while I was there, NAVC uh, gave me a scholarship uh, and I was able to attend Tuskegee every year. And the basis of that was I would intern during the summer for them every year. And then I was able to get a full-time job with them in 2019 after I graduated from Tuskegee. But where Morgan comes into that is because when I wanted to do cybersecurity, there was a lady at Morgan uh, named Miss Patricia Burgess. She was over the uh, AMI program, which is Advancing Minorities Interested in Engineering. And she knew about the cybersecurity program called the MISI program, which stands for Master of, of Engineering and Cyber Engineering. And... She was telling me about it and she knew I worked for NAVC and I thought, wow, that's really interesting. I would love to do that. So she told me about the program. I applied for it. I was able to get in. And being that 
I'd already had a full time position at NAVC. NAVC was able to uh, pay for my graduate studies at Morgan for that entire year. And not only that, I was still getting paid the whole time to learn and gain more knowledge. So, really, I always say what they what both schools did was it was a lot of team effort. And as far as Tuskegee is concerned, with the Baltimore Tuskegee Alumni Club, not only with them helping out with my book scholarships and things of that nature, but you know there were certain alums that would call and just say, "Hey, how are you doing? Are your studies going okay? You know, do you need anything?" You know, I always appreciate the fact that I was in a family environment at both HBCUs. And when I was in high school, that was always my only choice. I only wanted to go to HBCU. There's just something about that camaraderie, about being around our people that is great. You know, like you talked about that culture aspect. You just can't find that no disrespect at a PWI. It's just not the same. So, right. you know, right. I always embrace that fact that it's always uh, a family environment at HBCU. You know, even though despite, you know, we, we may have our flaws, you know, we still want to come together for the common good and help our students uh, succeed. And and what both schools have taught me is also how to give back and give the next uh, individual, the, the students that are coming after me, that same opportunity that I've been given. Most definitely. Um, so now that we now that we've got a little bit of a uh, background on that, now let's tackle the next uh the next title that you've added on a first time author. Um, and how did that come about? Because, you know, from the, from the little bit of background that I've gathered, you know, it, it was, it wasn't on your radar. So tell us a little bit about how, you know, you, you, you got a mechanical engineer, you've been to school twice um, mm -hmm. and met some amazing people that have helped you further your education and now someone else gets in, inserted into your life that helps you come to this. But tell us a little bit about how that happened. Well, it's, it's always interesting. I always I love answering that question. Almost every interview I, I do, people say, yeah, how did you get into being an author and a writer? And mm -hmm. I tell them, like you just said, I, I had no plans of being an author. Uh, it was funny. About this time a year ago, I went to a it was a black empowerment expo by this group called Level Up. Mm -hmm. And it was in Waldorf, Maryland. Um, which is where I currently live. Um, and the, the reason I went was because the guest speaker was Dr. Umar Johnson. And I've followed Dr. Umar and I've liked what he said, like what he says for the most part, I'm a big fan mm -hmm. of his work. And while I was there, my publisher was selling his books because he's an author and motivational speaker himself. Mm -hmm. uh, his name is uh, Matthew C. Horn and, and Matthew wasn't there at the table at the time I went to buy his two books. There was a, there was a sister there. And while I'm buying the, his books, he, she said, Hey, come back after Dr. Umar speaks, you know, Matthew will sign your book for you, your books for you. And, you know, so on and so forth. So after Dr. Umar speaks and I'm going to leave, I'm, there's, a, there's this part of me that says, do I really want to give him to sign, Matthew to sign my books. I mean, not saying I'm really pressed about it, but something in my spirit said, go over there, Introduce yourself, let them sign your books, and you know, just go on your way. So I do that, and as I'm signing my uh, the two books I bought, he, you know, we're talking, asking some questions about his books, and he, I'm asking him some questions about his book, and then he asked me this question: he said, "Hey, brother, have you ever thought about writing a book? You know, you like you got something on your mind." I'm just thinking to myself, like, 
No, I, I really wasn't planning to do that because I hadn't written anything major since my scholarly project at Morgan. That was about that was three, no, two right. years ago. About that time. So that's that's required work, <laughs> and that's required work, right? Because I honestly, I just didn't think writing a book was something that I could do. Mm. Um, I've had friends write books, and I think that's great, but I just didn't see that in in me because I thought, well, what do I talk about? You know, how do I let the book flow? Is going to make sense? You know. I just didn't think that was something that I could achieve. But what I like about that conversation that I had with Matthew, and I said this in a, pre, in a couple of previous interviews I've done, is that that was a moment where he saw something greater in me than I saw in myself. Mm-hmm. And after a while, I said, okay, let's exchange our content information. You know, hey, well, I follow you on IG. You know, we did that. And while I was at work during the week, I just kept thinking, you know what, there are some experiences and a lot of life lessons that I've learned on my journey that I would love to share. I would love to help inspire people. Uh, Of course, you know, us being Tuskegee graduates, you know, one of the most famous quotes from Booker T. Washington is, if you want to lift yourself up, lift up someone else. So I, I just felt like, okay, you know what, I think this is a great opportunity. This could be a sign of something big. You know, hey, let's give it a try and see where it takes me. So to wrap up the question you asked, really, I, I really came into writing by fortunate circumstance, but I'm so glad I took that opportunity because, like you said, as an engineer, I don't really tap into that creative side of my brain too much. I'm all about the logic or the numbers or, or whatever. So having that experience was was definitely great because it challenged me to do something new. And when I look back at it, not only can I say I've done that, but it was able, it was a way for me to step outside my comfort zone. And I, I see the results when people say, Hey, I, I love your book. I, I appreciate what you said. And, and I, it, it makes it all the worthwhile to know that someone in that particular moment saw something more than you, than you saw in yourself. You made two very interesting points that I, that I, I just want to reiterate. Oh, uh, one being, you you wanted to do something or you were challenged to do something that's not part of, you know, the everyday thing. And that's something that, you know, a lot of people that are in professional jobs, period. If you got a job, you have a routine every day. You wake up at a certain time, you clock in, you do whatever your tasks are for the day. You clock out, you go home, you do it's all, you, you get into a rhythm and we're, we're, we're creatures of habit. And mm-hmm. it's not until something or someone pushes you outside of that um that that cycle that you can you know kind of it's kind of like uh we had an episode uh i think the the previous episode where we talked about the importance of dreaming um where right it, it gives you that ability to um to leave your reality the second point was that you said you didn't even think that you could do that and that's one of the points that i want to point out about you is um because i'm somebody that i've always said jokingly and seriously and and different points of you know i'm gonna write a book i write a book you know i was gonna write a book about certain experiences had just in us and you know it, while i was working for a particular company um and in a, in a particular industry um and then a couple of other topics and i've said it for years and it didn't get to a point until you know maybe within the past five years where i actually did it mm. and then but it, you know, and for me, it took years, literally. Um, talk a little bit about your timeline from, you know, from that moment to uh, to when it's done and published. Well, certainly. Um, and, I, and to your point, I, I, the biggest thing that I've learned is, is just that you you got to put yourself out there, and you really won't know what's going to happen until you do it. 
You know, it's kind of like Nike's slogan, just do it. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not just just say it, it's just do it. You have to actually put in the work and see the results. But to your point, um, so, yeah, I met Matthew on that Friday. It was at the MGM in Oxon Hill, Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I signed the contract. And prior to that, he said, hey, come up, come up with some book titles for your book. And I had come across maybe I came up with like 13 different titles, just trying to find something that would stick, that would grab the reader's attention and he said okay that one's pretty good that's good we can try that he says okay let me see the paper so he writes on the paper your jewels are in your journey life lessons to lead to your optimal self and i look at it and i say huh that's interesting i didn't think of something like that that that, that, a, that was a combination yeah okay well i didn't think about that i have to give him credit for that because i never thought of that particular title mm-hmm. but it made sense to me because when you think about it what i tell everybody who, who meets me at a book signing is that we all have a journey to travel on. We all have a story to tell. But as we go about that journey, we have to have the right knowledge and perspective of how to be our best self. And when you go along the journey, you find those life lessons or those jewels along the way. So I think that's what made that title so unique for me because I didn't think about it. But when I look back at it, it's something that not only I think grabs readers' attention, but it makes sense when you break the concept of it, of it down. So that was September. So I, I started writing and he also, I'm sorry, going back to September a year ago, he gave me an outline of how to write your, write your book and how to pretty much avoid writer's block because people would say, hey, what was the hardest writer, hardest part about writing your book? And I tell him it really wasn't that much writer's block. I mean, the outline that he laid out was very precise. It was very easy for me to follow. And the beauty of it was, I think that's what's so great about having a person who's actually written books in your corner who can say, hey, I can help you do this. I can help you do that to make the process easier, because I think for a lot of people, what going back to what I said earlier, what scares a lot of potentially first time authors is that they're, they're not sure how to how to write a book. Like they're not sure they probably know what to say. But they don't know how to put it all together. And it's I think that's it. the advantage it's all about prompting yourself you know when we're you know in school we were given a prompt we're given a topic right. of hey and i think that's also interesting to point out is that you started with a title first right and i think that you know as another as another author it's that i've never done that hmm. i've never done that and you know that's basically giving yourself a prompt to begin the process Right. And absolutely. That's that's just one of the points that I'm personally going to take away from myself is, you know, because, you know, like you said, a lot of people have something to say, but they just don't know how to start it or or maybe necessarily even finish it. And, you know, the block comes from, you know, trying to overcome those hurdles of, you know, well, what do I say first? Because you know that a book has a four, you know, has a beginning, a middle and an end. And depending on what mm-hmm. type you need, a climax, you need, you know, if you're writing stories, you need all of these different elements. Um, but I think, you know, in your case, that's that's definitely something for anybody that's listening that uh, is an aspiring author or a, a current author that's trying to get, you know, get over the hump. I think that's very, uh, you know, very key to take away is, you know, starting with the title first. And using that as a as a as a creative prompt to get the conversation going with yourself to start getting that out. But, you know, I definitely wanted to point that part out. Um, but in terms of the, the the book, let's get into the book now, your jewels mm-hmm. 
are in your journey, life lessons to lead you to your optimal self. Um, tell us, walk us through the book without giving too much away, because I definitely want people to to buy this book, and we'll we'll put the information um, in the in the description, and you know all of that stuff, and we'll we'll talk about it too. But um, walk us through the book and 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 why you know people need it, because I also want to point out. Um, that I I did not make it. I was not at the conference uh, when you when you actually spoke, but you were uh, one of the speakers. I think you opened up you opened up the conference, correct? Uh, no, I, I didn't open up the. Well, I, I I did help with the hospitality suite. No, no, um, I, no. But, weren't you weren't you like the first speaker on the on the no, schedule? No, I, I I never spoke during the conference. Okay, I, I thought I, they I had you listed. I was a vendor in the conference. I got you. That, okay, that's that, that's what I was doing. Yeah. I thought they had you on the program. So, and that's, and that was one of the things when I came, when I, when I got there, I thought that I had missed you and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I didn't get to hear, I didn't get to hear you speak. Um, but yeah, let, speaking of that, let, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Cause we want, I want to get to the motivational speaking part, but yeah, walk us through the book. Um, and why, why, why people need it. Well, the, the main focus of your jewels and your journey is going back to what I said earlier is that, what I do is I give you 10 life lessons or jewels rather that I think are very important in life for us to be our best selves. And like I said earlier, it's about the fact that we have a journey to travel on in this life, but it's we have to have the right tools and the right knowledge to be our best self. So the end game of my book is that when you read it, you'll have that clarity and that perspective of how to be your best self using the jewels that are in my book. And that's not to say that I have all the answers, but I at least want to give my readers a starting point because you might come across other jewels that were not in the book that you might want to apply maybe in your life and maybe want to share with people down the road yourself. But at least it'll give you some guidance as a starting point as you navigate on your journey to be your best self. Point from that that I want to take is that, you know, I think it's very key to point out that it may, you know, it doesn't seem like it was that much convincing for you to know and understand that there was value in your perspective, um, your journey and what you've personally learned. It may not be for everybody, but you saw enough value in it to say, you know what, let me share this. And I think that is uh, that's, you know, that's something that a lot of people struggle with. And that's something that a lot of people just don't do. To, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, especially in a, um, you know, I hate to sound like the old guy, but, you know, in this, it's, you know, social media where everybody's comparing themselves because yeah. of what they see. And then it's just like, well, you know, don't nobody care what I think, you know, nobody cares, you know, what I like because, you know, I'm not this or I'm not that or whatever everybody's consistently seeing um, and is told it as being the thing or, um, so I, you know, I definitely want to take that part away of, you know, you, you saw value in just, you know what, this is, this is, this is what I got and I'm sharing it and I see value in it. Second, the second title that you added on is motivational speaker. So when you, when you wrote the book, did you, were you already prepared to like, you know what, because I've written this or I'm going to write this book, I'm now going to go speak about this book. Or was that something that you know, snowballed into itself. How did that happen? Really? No, I actually, at the time, my main focus was I was going to write the book and like you said, put it out there and in 
I knew, like you said, like to your point earlier, I, I knew what I get everybody know, but I knew I could at least get the right people. Mm-hmm. And that was my main focus was just focus on being an author and sell my book and let the book do the talking for itself. But it was my publisher. He, he, he actually is prior to my book coming out because I finished the book in March. And as he was going through the process with his team of editing and publishing the book, he says, hey, you, you kind of asked me that I consider motivational speaking too. And I said, okay, I, I'd be interested in that. So really my main focus was really the author part more than motivational speaking. That just came up down the road. But I, I do like that because it can sort of tie into each other because I see my book as a self-help motivating book. So it is cool to have the book speak for me. But I think at the same time, having that aspect of, hey, being a motivational speaker can somehow even enhance that even further because now you can take the lesson that you learned from the book and even tie it from things that are not in the book and apply it to other aspects of life or maybe situations that people are dealing with. And in a way, if people hear you speak, you know, just about the book like I'm doing now, it might say, you know, they might say, you know what, I, maybe I was on the fence with him about this book or I hear what he's saying right there. You know what? Let me re- let me reach out and and support the brother and see what he has to say, because, you know, in the end, I'm not saying I'm trying to convince people like, hey, you got about my book. But like to your point, I do have to put my out myself out there because in order for people to see the value in something that you're trying to uh, promote. They have to see that you believe in the value of that yourself. In other words, if I don't show people that I don't believe in the work that I've created, how are they going to believe in my work if I don't believe in it? So I think that's the main advantage also being a motivational speaker because I can demonstrate to my audience that, hey, not only do I want you to follow these jewels, I'm also following these myself to be better because I'm still on that journey with you the same way. So not only do I want you to see the value in my work, I also see that the value in my own work myself. And I think that's the advantage of being a motivational speaker is that you convince the audience that, hey, not only do I want you to believe in my work, I also believe in my work. And I'm going to walk the walk and talk the talk at the same time to be the best version of myself that I can be. Most definitely. It also helps to keep. um, I kind of related to. A little bit of you know how the every year there's a new volume or an edition of the same book that comes out and it's just we go back and we edit it and we update it and you know yeah and adding that that aspect is you can always refer like hey refer back to this book because these i can tell you more current things that have happened that still i'm applying these lessons to and now you can give me real-time situations and i can apply the lessons to real time and it basically just creates some more personal um viewpoint from the book and it also you know helps to make keep it current um so uh, you know i definitely i definitely and that's something that you know especially with uh with that with 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 that style of book because most people that become motivational speakers their books are very personal you know it's 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 almost like a memoir um mm-hmm. and and now it's you know people are reading it for the details 
And, you know, obviously the, the you know, sometimes, you know, you write it from a viewpoint, then it becomes a personal story, but then you, you know, this is the lesson I learned from it. But majority of the book is really based on the story, the, you know, the, the details of it. And yours is more of a guide and like, here are some lessons and, you know, and so that, 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 and I, I think another thing that, that, you know, that it's, it's coming back to me now of just, um, your publisher had a, a guide to mm-hmm. write, the, to write the book. And I think that's just, that's, that's, that's something, um, I think a lot of people, um, you know, I, they, for one is the access, uh, right? Because yeah. I've, uh, all of my books have been self-published, um, do I like it? Sure. But uh, I think in the aspects of long form, you know, it's it's one of those other hurdles for people where it's, hey, you know, I got to do all of the editing. I got to do, you know, all I, I've got to do everything. So, mm-hmm. you know, having having the uh, the backing, number one, of a publisher who is also become a mentor for you, I think is just, is, is something that is, you know, in itself deserves, in my opinion, uh, you know, a, a new book to just break down, you know, the lessons learned from that process, because that is something I think a lot of people um, may not have, uh, have experienced. I've got a friend, she's an author, um, but she's also a publisher and an editor and she, you know, she's spitting them out and he, she, hers a story based um, but her discipline comes in where uh, she sets goals for herself. So she's like, you know, I'm going to type, you know, 250, 300, 500 words a night and things of that nature. And, you know, she just has these sessions built in uh, where it becomes a discipline level. So for you to take this book and put it out in, in such a, and, and write it in such a short form, obviously, um, can be attributed to the outline given to you. But let's talk a little bit about the discipline that it takes to even finish start, you know, begin all of this. Like it, it it still is a discipline to, okay, let me start and let me be consistent. Cause for six months you were disciplined and consistent enough to complete this outline. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, about that. And, um, and I think that, you know, and also if you can tie that into your background in engineering, because like you said, you're all about the numbers, the logic and things of that nature. So that, you know, that that uh, that industry requires a lot of discipline, especially, you know, working, um, you know, for NAVC, you know, this. this you right. Know. So, yeah, just let, talk a little bit about that if you can. Sure. I mean, the writing aspect, I think one of the things Matthew told me was like, hey, you know, at least try to write you know, at least a chapter and maybe start maybe a page or two into the next one. I couldn't always do that, you know, whether it was work or something else. But usually what I would try to do is in the evening after I came home from work and I ate, I would try to do some writing or at the very least do a lot of writing on the weekend when I have to worry about work. Or if it was during the holidays, you know, I could do some time with that. Really, it's just for me, it was all about using my time wisely. Now, I will say the good news is I didn't have a deadline to write the book, so I could write at my own pace. But I knew that, like I said earlier, just it's all about using my time wisely. So if I have time on my hands, hey, that's just the perfect amount of time to write the book, gather my thoughts, and you know, not post and not uh, what's the word? Uh, man, I'm trying to figure out the word. So I'm tipping my tongue. Uh, 
not postpone, uh, procrastinate. There we go. Not gotcha. procrastinate. Because I think if you have a goal for yourself and you start saying, well, I'll get to it here or I'll get to it there, it almost never happens because you're just putting it off and you're not getting to it. You're not using your time wisely. And to tie it into the uh, engineering aspect, I think really a lot of that comes from just the fact that, like I said, being an engineer is a very, I, I'm not going to, well, I can say to a degree tough, but discipline, discipline, this, uh, disciplinary base major. So, you, you know, you can't, uh, you know, be a slacker and be a great engineer at the same time. So I think it all. Big problems me, happen. Say it again. Big problems happen when engineers are slackers. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You, know? you, you study any disaster in the history of civilization. If the engineer was slacking at the job, hey, it was it was not a pretty story. It was not a pretty end. Right. But I, I think, it's, like I said, it just boils down to me using my time wisely. And one of the things I talk about in my book as well is I give a lot of credit to my father because I always say I get my work ethic from him. You know, my father is definitely has always been a hard worker, always striving to be the best he can be, not only for, you know, for himself, but also for me, for my mom, you know, for our family. And I think watching him growing up, especially as a man trying to come into my own manhood, always liked the way he uh, approached work. You know, he was always disciplined in his work ethic, things of that nature. So I, I credit my work ethic actually from him because that's the, he's the person I, I watched growing up. In fact, one of the jewels I've talked about in my book is have a great role model. And I talk about how much of a role model my father has been in my life. So when it came to writing a book, um, I knew that was a goal that, hey, I wanted this book to come out. I wanted to help a lot of people. So it just boils down to, hey, using your time wisely and know that, hey, if there's, there's a time where you're not working, you're not doing anything else, hey, that's the perfect time to go on your book. Because you also want to capitalize on your thoughts in the moment, too. Because I think if you procrastinate, you, you lose some of the thought and some of the momentum that you've been gaining as you start writing. Because I think one of the things I noticed that the more I started writing, the more easier it became. And I also think because I was doing it at a very disciplinary pace that I didn't lose any of my thoughts or I didn't have too much of those writer's block issues because I was always trying to be consistent in writing the book. And, and plus, I think the final thing of it was is that I announced to people, hey, I'm writing the book. It's going to come out soon. I, I set a target for about spring or summer of 2023. I finished in March. It came out in May. So I didn't want to, I also didn't want to hold people who were interested in my book, you know, hostage by saying, hey, man, you know, when's the book coming out? You know, you've been writing on that for a while. Like, right. is it coming? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's still mm -hmm. dropping. Right. You know, so, you know, I think for the for the, my family, for my friends and for the people who have supported me in buying the book, I also want to show that, hey, I appreciate you guys' time as well. So I'm not going to say, hey, I'm going to write a book and it takes me five, six years. I'm still on chapter two. Like, right. I want to tell people like, hey, I'm writing a book. This is how serious I am about it. And I'm going to take that time wise, take that time wisely to, to write as much as I can when I have that opportunity. And when I look back at the book, I, I like the results. I love the outcome. And I'm just glad I approached with that mentality, because if I decide to procrastinate or 
be sort of, sort of lackadaisical with it, then it's probably not as good as I would have liked it to be. So now the the sort of the final question becomes, especially since you've added on the title of motivational speaker, there is now an expectation, you know, of sorts. And, you know, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't we don't have to know the details of your uh, your publishing contract. If you signed a deal where now you got to write 20 books, but there is an expectation now where people are going to want to, you know, especially once once this grows and grows and grows. And so now it's like, OK, Elijah's the speaker and now he's written the one book. We need another book because when we see him, we we are, I already got this one. So exactly, yeah. Have you have you now set a a, you know, a a new personal goal or a timeline of you know it's it's time for the next one? Has you know is is this now that thing? Because sometimes it can be the first time author, and then that's that's it for some people. And you know, for some people that you know, if you want to write one book and get it out, and then you're done. That's that's you. But now that you you know you've set on this path, do you have a new personal expectation or personal goal? Um, that you may you may have even you know once once it was you know once it started you already knew like okay I'm going at least five. Well, that's a good question. I, I have had had some thoughts about writing a second book. Um, I still want to uh, wrap my thoughts around what I want to say and gather that together. Um, and to your point, I know I do want to take your jewels in your journey. You know, I want to take this as far as I can, but also I know that. To your point, we live in a what have you done for me lately society. So at some point, I do know that as big as I want this book to be, there is going to be somewhat of a ceiling at some point where it's like, okay, we've seen you promote this, we've seen you go to these events, you know, but we want something new. You know, it's kind of like how your favorite artists, you know, when it comes to music, like for example, they may have a great album. But at some point, you want the art. You want you. You want to ask that artist, say, "Hey, you're gonna drop something new? Like that album you dropped five years ago was great, but it's five years later. Like, what are we gonna get now?" So, I mean, I, I want to take this book as big as I can, but I do want at some point look into maybe writing a second one. At least what I can say is that I have the confidence that I can do it because I was able to do this for the first time. Um, but what I tell people is, um, and one of the advice that I give to people who want to be an author is, is being genuine to yourself. And one of the things Matthew told me was about the writing process was, don't consider your reader, consider yourself. And what I took from that is, you have to be genuine to yourself as a writer. If you don't feel passionate about a certain topic or a certain issue or whatever you want to write about, then that's a sign that says you should not write about it. You know, whatever you want to write about, like we talked about earlier, you're not going to get everybody, but the right people will come. You know, whatever it is, if it's nonfiction, poetry, self-help, self-help, uh, a children's book, whatever, if you're passionate about it, you should go for it. But at the same time, I don't think you should, like the old saying goes, you can't rush art. So, I think for me, at some point, I do want to get into maybe writing another book, but I have to know within myself when that time is right. I want to do it, um, but I think when the time is right, I'll definitely know uh, when to do it because 
the last thing I want to do for any of my writers is just put something out there just to, just to hope it sticks, you know, because I, I think intelligent readers can tell when you have a book that, uh, that the author put maximum amount of effort into writing versus when you have a book that was just, just a finesse grab and mm. trying to just, you know, grab a couple of dollars and there was no substance behind it. So, right. yeah, I think I want to take some time, you know, keep going about my own journey and gaining some more experiences and like I said earlier, I, I, I want to write another book. Um, it's just knowing when that right time is to start the process. And I'm sure I'll know when. So whether it'll be a year from now, maybe two years, maybe it will be five years. I'm not sure. But definitely when I know the time is right, then I'll, I'll definitely, you know, pick up my pen and, you know, get back. As uh, uh, I guess some artists like to say or some athletes like say, you know, get back in the lab. <laughs> um I think it's it's uh something that caught me you said is um you know it is important and it sounds a way to some maybe but I understand exactly what you said where you said you you can't consider the reader you got to consider yourself especially when you're using personal anecdote or telling a personal story is if you're going to be authentic and be genuine about it you don't you can't you know consider oh well should I say no this is this is what happened truly and either you yes. take it or you leave it. And I think that right there is another one of those humps that a lot of people can't get over it because they sitting there trying to figure out, well, how do I say this without saying this? And it's like, if you're going to tell us the truth, you just got to say this because right. as long as it's the truth. Exactly. You know, you take it or you leave it. That that right. That's literally the only option. So I think that's very key and important. And my personal my personal opinion is I think you should. Um, it sounds like you should write a book to help people write. You know, mm -hmm. you know, it's like you got a lot of and, I, you know, maybe the you are the, the jewels in your journey. The second second edition could be, you know, lessons in writing a book you know how to write right. a book because a lot of what you've said i think is going to help a lot um of aspiring authors and current authors of just you know taking a different approach to the process um of writing and it you know I, and I, I personally also think that it goes across the genres it doesn't matter whether you're writing self-help or uh you know fantasy or sci-fi what you know just the process of writing and being creative is the the ultimate thing is you have to stay true to yourself and you don't you you know who it's for is who it's for and they will find it and you know they always right. do they always yep. do and we've yeah. we've seen it throughout history you know yep. if you want to find you know Hammurabi's code you go find it if you want to find Confucius's <laughs> right. writing you go right. find Confucius writing so it's you know it's there if you want it you will find it um, yeah. so if, you, that, if you build it's like they'll saying, if you build it they will come you yeah know? exactly well, but when it comes to writing I put I like to put a remix on I, I I say if you write it they will read it so you know mm -hmm. those like you said those those right people will eventually write your work as long as they know that you're being uh genuine and that you're really passionate about it the right people will come. And, and, and I want to go back real quick to what I said earlier. That, don't get me wrong. I think to a degree, you should consider your reader too, because they are the ones reading the book. You don't want to put something out that's offensive or, you know, going to rub people the wrong way. So I do want to clarify that at the same time. There is a part of me that should say that would say, yes, you do want to consider your reader. However, I would say in considering your reader, don't lose your identity as the person you are, because when you do that, you're, you're pretty much doing yourself harm. You know, like you said, you're not giving the 
writer your genuine self or your genuine work. So yes, you do want to consider the, consider the reader uh, as far as what you do put in your writing, but do so to where you can still keep your identity as the person you are. I definitely appreciate you for putting that disclaimer out. And, you know, our our typical listeners are all, you know, professional people. So, you know, I, I always like to assume that, you know, we knew exactly what you was talking about when you said that, right? Because we are not encouraging people that are writing hate. You know, if you if you you know if your writing is of a certain brow, it ain't even you know you you shouldn't even be listening to this show, this particular episode, or anything associated with us at this point because um, this is it, it it has always been a, a, a platform of positivity, uplift. And being authentic to yourself in all aspects of your life. Um, so with that being said, I definitely have to appreciate Mr. Elijah K. Lewis for joining us today with our cocktail combo. But before we go, tell our listeners where they can find you, where they can find your book. Um, I know you're doing a lot, a lot of uh, local events in the Maryland area, you know, like you, you're, you're all over. It's not just, you know, Baltimore, Walt, you're, you've been in a lot of places and you're in a lot of events, you know, not where you may not necessarily be speaking. You're, you're there. Um, uh, I'll say on your soapbox with your book and you're telling people um, about it. And I, you know, obviously me seeing you as a vendor, I love your setup. You know, it's, it's an, it's an inviting setup where it's just, you know, you kind of got to say, what do you got going on? So tell the people where they can find you, where they can find your book. And uh, for our listeners that are in the uh, Baltimore, D.C. area, where they uh, may be able to see you within the next, let's say within the next week, if you got anywhere that you're going to be within the next week. Sure. Um, well, first and foremost, again, uh, Mr. Woodson, thank you for having me on the on the podcast. It was great. I enjoyed the experience. It was a great conversation with you. Yeah, you. Uh, if you want to find me as far as social media is concerned, um, you can definitely, for those of you who have Instagram, you can follow me at, at Melanin King Eli. That's my Instagram page where you can see a lot of the events that I'm promoting or anything about my book. That's uh, always a safe bet for you to follow me. Um, if you want to order your copy of Your Jewels in Your Journey, you go to www.yourjewelsareinyourjourney.com. That's the website. Um, I'm sure Mr. Woodson will put that in the description below. Definitely. So you can that link. Um, I'll get your order. Um, you'll get your signed copy in the mail in a couple of days. And, you know, you get a chance to enjoy the uh, the jewels and see where the journey can take you. And as far as events are concerned, I do have a couple of events. And it's funny, I was supposed to do an event tomorrow, but due to uh, inclement weather, it got postponed. Um, but that that particular event is the uh, Outdoor Vendor Affair. It's in Mechanicsville, Maryland. If you're in that area, um, it's on, I think it's on 406. Let me just make sure I pull up the flyer because I'm going to mm -hmm. be uh, incorrect when I say it. Definitely, definitely get 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 the address straight. Yep. Because um, we, want, we want people in the area uh, to definitely show up. Because a lot of the events that you do are very... Um, you know, they're geared towards our people, number one. Absolutely. I do see you doing that a lot. So I definitely want to make sure that, you know, we get that, you know, we get we get that info out because it's not just, you know, you there. It's a lot of impactful things happening at these events. And that's just from what I've seen um, since I've met you and started following you on social media. You're at a lot of events that got a lot to do with us. Um, and it's, you know. Black empowerment, black achievement. Uh, I saw you did an interview with the Black Achievement Fund, and a lot of different, you know, 
things that are being, you know, that are impactful. So I definitely want to make sure that we continue to push that message that what this brother has to say um, and, you know, what he, you know, what he's always attached to is always, you know, almost like FUBU for us, by us. Uh, but go ahead if you, go. if you if you got the address. Yeah, I do have the address now. So, yeah, the outdoor vendor fair is it's going to be postponed. The new date is going to be October the 7th on a Saturday. It's going to be from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. It's going to be on 40615 uh, Cavanaugh Road in Mechanicsville, Maryland. If you're in that area, I'll be there on October the 7th. I'll also be, uh, in fact, next uh, Saturday, I'll have an event in Loveville, Maryland. It's going to be uh, sundresses and cigars. It's going to be in Somerville Park. Uh, that's in, uh, that's on uh, 24590 Pitway uh, in Loveville, Maryland. So that's another event. And also next Sunday, October the 1st, I will be, uh, the event is called Poets in the Park. Um, I, I don't have the flyer in front of me, so I'm sorry about that. But it is in the Baltimore area. I will be posting that on my uh, social media. So look out for that. But I will be for that event on Sunday, October the 1st. In fact, I'll also be there uh, with my mom, who's also an author. She's a poet. Uh, she's a first-time author as well. Her book came out. We're under the same publishing company, so uh, my uh, publisher has uh, done a great job putting to helping us out with some events to help sell our books. So we will be at that particular event together, uh, selling our book at Poets in the Park. So definitely uh, continue to follow my uh, social media if you're on Instagram or if you're on Facebook. My Facebook is Elijah K. Lewis. So if you're on Facebook, or Instagram, you can follow up for any upcoming events. And like I said earlier, just thank you so much for all the support you guys have given me. And uh, again, uh, get your copy today. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where the journey may take you all in life. So thank you so much. Most definitely be beautifully put. Um, once again, I definitely want to appreciate you for taking a little bit of uh, time out your schedule uh, of being a, a triathlete currently in life. And I say that just based off the three titles that you professionally have. Um, um, so definitely before we end, I definitely have to give a shout out to my two co-hosts on the bridge. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. This is this is a new thing for us. My three co-hosts, Miss Alicia Brandon of HBCU Pets LLC, uh, Mr. Destrian Wells of D. Wells Consulting, and Dr. Ajamu Loving, PhD CFP of uh, Ajamu Loving on Money and You on Facebook. Uh, but you can follow us on all of our social media, Brethren Podcast Series on Facebook and at Brethren Pod on Instagram. That's Brethren spelt like bread because we always getting bread and we always talking about our bread. Uh, but hopefully you gather something from this conversation, whether you're an author or not, that we've had with the author, motivational speaker and engineer, uh, Mr. Elijah K. Lewis. So with that being said, we love y'all and there's nothing you could do about it. Please tune into another episode. Peace.